in position number 54 in the spirit of Soho Mural is journalist, writer and notorious Soho alcoholic, Geoffrey Bernard. Bernard lived most of his life in Soho and most of that time was spent in pubs. After a short stint at the typewriter first thing in the morning, he would begin his days drinking at the coach and horses at opening time, then spend the rest of the day in and out of various pubs and drinking clubs. Despite, or maybe because of his chaotic lifestyle, he was an observant and witty writer. His column in the Spectator magazine, Low Life, which detailed his daily struggles, was described by the writer Jonathan Meads as a suicide note in weekly instalments. Geoffrey Bernard was immortalised by two people. Keith Waterhouse, who wrote the play Geoffrey Bernard is Unwell, the title of which is what The Spectator would print when Geoffrey had been too drunk to meet his low-life deadline, and by the cartoonist Michael Heath, whose cartoon strip in Private Eye, The Regulars, documented the daily goings-on in the coach and horses, and would always feature somebody sticking their head through the door saying, Jeff been in? Michael knew Geoffrey very well, and he agreed to talk to me about him in his back garden, which is why you may hear the occasional pigeon. I began by asking him when they'd first met. I met him in 1955, something like that, 56, uh, when I first went into Soho. He, he struck me as very amusing, frightening, um, full of original stuff. And I took to him immediately, and we got on rather well. If you could say that about being with him, but through him I met Francis Bacon and Lucian Freud and all the other wonderful nightmare people that were still alive then. So you had to be really fit to be an alcoholic then in those days <laughs> um, because it started early and the routine was that uh, Geoffrey would turn up at the Coach and Horses <coughs> when it opened, slightly before it opened, and he just sat at the bar, he wouldn't say anything. And various other alcoholics um, came in. Eventually there was about three or four guys there of all sorts. Um, he'd cough up his lung and all the rest of it start smoking and uh, um, motioned to Norman Ballon that he wanted a drink. Words were not spoken, people didn't speak. He would get a large vodka or whiskey. It was vodka in the end, whiskey in the beginning, but a doctor, an alcoholic doctor, told him that whiskey was bad for you. <laughs> so we, we switched to vodka and tonic. Tall. Anyway, th I thought he was an interesting guy. He was amusing. He laughed at my jokes and I laughed at his. Not that he told any jokes. His morbidity was overwhelming and you had to get used to that. And having had a drink, he would then say something like, something depressing or something awful. <laughs> he said, you know, m m would you think Michael do a thing? I read about a man who parachuted out of an aeroplane and, and he landed on a helicopter. Can you imagine those? <laughs> Guts everywhere, blood. And I said, I had a dream last night and it was all about rot and just decay and awful things and all like that. And, and it, so that went on. So how old was he now? So his 20s, 30s, or...? You have me there a bit, I'm not sure. Because um, he wasn't old when he died, was he? Well, how old was he? 58 or 60 or something? Uh, early 60s, I think, yeah. Which is, you know, well, no I, age, really. I don't know. I probably was 23 myself 
Uh, I suppose he was 27 or something like that. I really okay. don't know. I can't remember. We never. <laughs> it, 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 so a young man, he was he was living this life of kind of all day drinking from a. He was an absolute total individual who did exactly what he wanted to do. He was witty, amusing, original, and very attractive to women for reasons that I never understood because he was usually pretty outrageous with them and they wanted to marry him and they often did. He got married I think two or three times. I knew him. Good looking, handsome, intelligent women would fall for him and buy him things like food and try to get him to eat more. They go to Fortnum Masons and get this and things like that. And they were very fond of him, although he was pretty tough with them, although he made them laugh, which I had been told this is the key to their whole being. As to not, I found out it's not true at all. You <laughs> only have fucking jokes. Um, <laughs> the thing about women who hung around him and all the rest of it and occasionally got married to him, they didn't seem to realise that that was it. They realised later on that all they would have to do is to stand around the bar with him and there wasn't much in the way of cinemas or going to pictures or theatre or anything else much. You're not going to get that with Jeffrey. You're going to be surrounded by other old buggers saying, yeah. <laughs> as I said earlier, it required great stamina to treat yourself in a body like that and also be very strict with other people in a way. You know, you must, there is an awful middle class phrase you used to hear lots of lawyers and all the rest of it in Alvinas, and that was talking about someone else and saying, he doesn't suffer fools gladly, <laughs> which is a way of saying, you know, a very intelligent, wonderful man, not about him, but about some other bloke, boring. And he doesn't <laughs> suffer fools gladly. And, uh, and Jeffrey was certainly like that, because if you didn't come up with something amusing that uh, kept him amused, or tell him something that was interesting to him and he hadn't seen it before or heard anything about it, then you're all right. But it's no good you going up to him and saying, I saw television last night, there's a programme about bats or something. <laughs> you know, you, you just say, why don't you fuck off, you cunt? Why don't you? <laughs> Who cares about you and your fucking television? If Jeffrey wasn't the drinker that he was, would he would he still be remembered? I mean, was he was he a good enough writer in his own right, or was he, or did the drinking define him, make him more successful? He was living this life which which they were all, you know, commuting from Brighton or Heath or something like that, and wives saying, "Don't forget to bring the you know." Pork chop at home or something like that. This is a man who would escaped from all that and he didn't bother with all that bollocks about litter bins and putting them out and all that. This is a bloke who just went around and did what he wanted to do. And that I think there's quite a lot of envy about that, um, that he could be so successful. By successful, of course, we're talking nonsense here for successful. We're talking someone who's earning 30 quid here, 25 quid here, seven pounds here who's owed 50 quid by somebody. I mean, nothing compared with the m mental midgets who are being paid now to do something, you know, like newsreader or something, earning eight million pounds a week or something. Quite ridiculous <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. So, so he sort of lived hand to mouth. Was that his existence? His kind of... Yeah, there was a total uh, disregard for anything in the way of middle class conformity or, or mortgage paying or anything of regularity, especially marriage. 
Jeffrey was some sort of alcoholic free spirit, uh, um, someone who didn't worry about all the conformities that the rest of us put up with and this, that and the other. And, uh, Did that make him happy? Or... No, he no. Wasn't, he wasn't happy <laughs> no, at all, was he? No, no, no. He wasn't. No, he wasn't happy. Um, but, <laughs> uh, it'd be very difficult to make him laugh, but I, I could just about do that. But he wasn't happy. I, I, his background was pretty odd, I think. I mean, his upbringing was very strange. After, I mean, he'd been a Bevan boy, which is pretty rare. Since that, that was, uh, if you were 17 or whatever it was, after the first war, Second World War, you went down the mines. We didn't have to, but I mean, I think you could have a choice of going down the mines or staying in another two years. It was a pretty frightening job, awful going down the, you know. He hated the people down there and he hated the miners. I was fit, and he said, they thought I was a puff. <laughs> And I said, why is that? He said, because they were all reading the mirror and I was reading the Times every day down the mine. <laughs> I mean, think about his mother. I think his mother was pretty tough on him. And uh, he, he was very tough on other people because he'd been tough. People would be tough on him. Right. And his mother had been tough on him, I think. And she'd been an opera singer. His father was tough on him, I think. And I think he was... Moulded by that a bit, I think. His phrase that he used over and over again was, he'd always say, get it right! And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think probably his mother said that to him or something, like, get it going. But he uh, hated authority, of course, and uh, was fearless. I mean, he was fearless because maybe because he was drunk, but I think he was fearless anyway. And this is a time of lots of individuals writing about themselves and the catcher in the rye and all that you know the man who rejects the rest of society and I think he he, he sort of went along with that but um he was a one-off you started talking about you being with him when he died before I turned the tape on yeah could, could we go over that again okay Jeffrey had um, had trouble with <laughs> his circulation was wrong he had diabetes and several other things which I don't remember the name of, but very odd. And he certainly was sick and all the rest of it. And he kept on drinking and smoking and all the rest of it. And then he took his foot off because the circulation had gone. And he's in a wheelchair and still smoking in the corridor and all the rest of it and writing about it amusingly. Very funny about it. And um, he used to go to the pub. I mean, someone would carry them there or take him in a wheelchair there. And, uh, and he still go on drinking. Normally heroic thing to do. I mean, you know, he, he'd lost a lot of weight. He looked pretty awful. Anyway, so it came to the point when um, I was invited to go to his flat. I went up there, I went to be with him, and uh, there were two women there, and he decided that he'd had enough of dialysis, which they were giving him, and he found that tiresome and painful and horrible, and he felt that life... Perhaps wasn't worth living after all. Um, he couldn't travel. He, not that he did that much, but I mean, you know, he was stuck. And I think he thought, well, that's it. I'll do something. He had invited me up to this flat, and we, it was like a huge ashtray. <laughs> um, he chain smoked senior service, which you simply do oh, now if you want to die. Yeah. Know? <laughs> that's like fast forward on death, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> we had this meal, and it was all the food that the doctor said he mustn't eat. And um, he must drink this, he must drink that. And he drank, what the hell, this time, and he drank vodka. We sat around reminiscing or whatever. And um, he 
got out a bottle um, and it had in it these large pills, which I, you know, were not pills, but like like brown... Horse tablets. Yeah, morphine. And he said, I, you know, Michael, I'm fed up with the whole thing. It's really boring. So boring, that's what you say a lot. I'm so boring, I bore myself. And he proceeded to drink these pills, I mean, pills, of like little slabs. Um, and he drank, I don't know, two or three, and then blacked out. And uh, we carried him to his bed, which was not difficult. He's only weighed about seven stone. He sort of lay there and talked for a bit. Then he blacked out. And then we sat, I sat, we sat with him for a bit. It was now about midnight. And um, at one point, he sort of we woke up and said, Michael, I, you know, Jeffrey said, oh, I've never felt so happy. This is really morphine's great. <laughs> and then he fell back. And then uh, I left about half an hour later, and he was still alive, still breathing anyway. And I left him with the two women that were there. And I think he probably died about three in the morning or something like that. I did miss him, but I've been missing him for years in the sense that, you know, he was on... He was there and, and interesting and unusual, but and he had a way of being totally on his own and not without, you know, you don't, not part of it really. But I mean, if you, it sounds pretty soppy now, but um, he was one off, and um, unfortunately, to be one off takes guts, and you've got to give yourself up to the gods, and they do you in.